This is CFAC Sportsnet 960 The Fan, broadcasting from the Basement System Studio in downtown Calgary, a Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. Brought to you by Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, the local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basementy, visit DLBasementSystemsCalgary.com. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Into hour two, Sportsnet today. Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Yes, Kim, even your foundation. My foundation? All you have to do is contact Basement Systems. They're all things Basement D. Wow. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. I will do that. The man with the questionable foundation and questionable ethics is Cam. Thanks, buddy. The star of the show is Taylor. She's here as well. Calm's killing it on the board over there. Ben's here as well, hanging out. Busy show for you. Talked uh, a little bit about Michael Stone's retirement in hour one. Uh, Played part of his chat with Pat Steinberg. Exclusively on Flames Talk, wherever you get your podcast, you can go check out Wednesday's edition of Flames Talk and hear that entire conversation after he announced his retirement and subsequent new job in uh, player development with the Calgary Flames. Also continued our NHL off-season previews, reviews. Checked in on the Philadelphia Flyers with Gianna Hahn. Busy times in Philly. The rebuild is on. Danny Briere taking over things there the last couple of months. We'll continue uh, checking in on some of our more intriguing teams across the NHL. We were kind of talking about some of those in the break. Um, maybe we'll check in on Anaheim. Buffalo's been busy. A lot of teams making moves. Cam wants to talk about Washington just to <laughs> just to piss off Flames fans. No, the reason Cam just to wants see to do what's that. going on. Mitch. They made other moves. He wants to talk about Mitch Love and Matthew Phillips for some reason, just to just to antagonize. I don't know why. <laughs> That's what Cam wants to do. Uh, still coming up though, we got a uh, Blue Jays report with Taylor Dingman. Jays rained out yesterday. Doubleheader coming up tonight, and a Stamps report with uh, Patty Dumas. Stamps set to uh, head off to Winnipeg for Friday night football against the Blue Bombers. Some interesting names. Back in the lineup for the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, we'll also check in on the Grey Cup plans for Hamilton. Uh, Jerry Fonzo, the VP of Stadium and Events Operations for the Hamilton Tire Cats, going to join us. Uh, see if you uh, can't be sold on heading down to Hamilton uh, for Grey Cup this year. Um, we'll get into all of that as the hour goes on. But I uh, thought it would be a good time now to check in on development camp. 
for the Calgary Flames. It's underway at Winsport. Talked about it the last couple of days. The roster release for the Calgary Flames. A couple of high draft picks, including their last two first-round picks. Samuel Honzik, Matt Coronado among the group there. You've also got Etienne Moran, the recent uh, second-round pick of the Flames. Jaden Lipinski, Vancouver Giants teammate of Samuel Honzik is there. A couple of Calgary hitmen are there. Tyson Galloway and Oliver Tulk among the group joining the Flames at Winsport and look, this is uh, a big event on the Flames calendar, especially over the last couple of years. I haven't had a chance for some of these players, whether they were busy with college schedules, whether it was COVID, there's so many things that uh, make these trips sometimes difficult to have happen. And for uh, the Flames development staff, like Ray Edwards and, and uh, Michael Stone and Marty Jelena, uh, Jordan Siglet, the goaltending group to, to actually get, you know, face-to-face time with these kids. And like uh, you'll hear Ray Edwards mention every time he talks to Pat about this, you know, the on-ice session is important. It's great to be able to see what these kids can do. Um, but you don't get an invite to development camp for any NHL team unless you've got some skill. That's kind of a, a baseline for it. It's more getting to know the players uh, as people, introduce them to what the Calgary Flames organization means what they're expecting from them and give them a good basis to go forward with. I think that's the biggest thing that you'll hear from a lot of these young men coming out of this weekend is this was finally an opportunity for them to, you know, have a real chat with people in the NHL, what they need to do to get to that next NHL level. And it's going to set them up for success. If, if they leave here with the right attitude, if they follow the game plan that gets set out for them going forward with their own, Skill development, the nutrition, you know, all that sort of stuff that gets uh, done. The Flames do a really good, in-depth job of setting their prospects up for success at the next level. And uh, this weekend and the early part of this week is really all about setting them up for success. And uh, for some of them, the success will come sooner than others. And uh, in this situation, we got two guys to hear from uh, from development camp earlier on this Thursday that you know are going through different paths right now. One of them is Matt Coronado. Uh, he was a draft pick of the Calgary Flames a couple seasons ago, made his NHL debut, is done with college hockey, and is now making the transition to what's going to be his first year of pro hockey. We'll also hear from Etienne Moran, who just got drafted a week ago by the Calgary Flames and is now in development camp, but you know probably going to go back to Moncton next season. Um, and won't be around the Calgary Flames as often as Matt Coronado is, but they're at the same camp trying to get the same, you know, lessons and forward progress from this. Uh, so really interesting to hear from these two. We'll start with Matt Coronado, uh, obviously with some NHL experience now under his belt. Like you mentioned, he's heading to pro hockey. What can he get out of a camp like this? What uh, is he excited about over the next couple of days? This is uh, Flames prospect, former first-round pick, uh, of the team in 2021, Matt Coronado, speaking after the first on-ice session of development camp Thursday up at Winsport. How do you go about describing your last three months? Because I don't know if there's a guy that's probably rode the roller coaster as much as you have from your season ending at Harvard to signing your deal to going to Worlds to, to now this. It's been a lot, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think everything in these last couple months is just, uh, it's, it's all been a great experience. I think it's helped me. Um, grow as a player and as a person so I think it, it's all just uh, 
good steps to take uh, coming into next year. Has it gone by like in a blink of an eye, or have you been able to absorb everything else that sort of worked It's definitely gone by really quick. I think I, uh, I was able to focus on trying to absorb things and learn as much as I can, but um, it definitely goes by quick. Matt, right what you guys at the top of the organization that there are going to be opportunities this season for young players to, to, to break in? Is that the goal at this point? Yeah, you know, my goal right now for the rest of the summer is just to keep getting better um, and come into camp in the best possible shape that I can and, and put myself in the best possible position. Does it mean something here that, like, no young players are going to be given an opportunity? There's a path here with the Calgary Flames going forward. It's exciting to hear for sure. There's a lot of great players in the organization, a lot of great young players in the organization. So um, it's all, for me, it's just all about working hard and putting myself in a good spot, but it's definitely exciting. Matt, what did you see of the Worlds or what did you learn from the World Championships that you can maybe apply your own game or in your own career? I think it's just um, more pro games, right? Like playing with, with older guys, seeing yeah. just like when I was here for those couple weeks, um, seeing how guys that are, are older and have been in the league go about their business. Um, it was a great experience to, to get to play against grown men and, and play against other pros. Um, so. It was a lot of fun, and, and I'm really glad I was able to, to get over there. Have you already had guys at this dev camp ask you about that experience playing at the Worlds, playing that one NHL game? Um, a little bit here or there. You know, it's uh, it's been great to to be here and, and be with those guys too. A lot of a lot of guys that I'm familiar with, so um, we've had a great time so far. From a development standpoint, has the team given you any specific areas they want you to work on so you are ready to hit the ground running in September? Um, I think it's just. Uh, conditioning things, working out. Um, definitely going to come out here a little early and, and make sure um, that I'm in the best possible shape I can be in. You haven't worked here for very long, but I mean, did you make like, like, are you still in touch with any other guys from the Suns? I feel like Pelts always talks to everybody, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I talked to Pelts the other day. Um, I know Dubes is here in, in Calgary, so I talked to him a little bit too. Um, hoping I get to see him before I leave, um, but yeah. Matt, there's speaking of conditioning, that just talking about Danielle and just saying how much you've seen the improvement, just working with her this offseason and, and trying to get better. What's kind of been that uh, mix for you too? Yeah, Danielle's been huge for me. Um, I feel like I've, I've taken a lot of strides in my skating um, thanks to her. Um, she, she, I've been able to work with her a couple times this summer already, and um, what she does is great, and, and I'm definitely uh, feeling more confident about it. We know uh, you said conditioning is the team might want you to do better at. Uh, is there anything that you feel with regards to your skill set that you might feel you need to work on this summer? I think it's it's just uh, my main focus is just being in, in good shape, but I think I'm always working on my shot. Um, I'm always working on my skating. I think it's just just trying to do the things that, that I've been doing in past summers, keeping it consistent because um, it's, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's still hockey and still need to uh, do it, what I've always been doing. Did the world's experience in that one NHL game give you the confidence that you can compete for a spot in this fall? <clears throat> yeah, I think it, it, it was a great experience. I think it does give a little confidence. Um, you know, but every year's a new year. Um, for me, I, I just need to put myself in the best position. I think it's important to be confident, but um, like I said, there's a lot of great players, so confidence is important, though. I think uh, for me, I'm I'm just looking to to work hard and see where it goes. Are those shoes as fast as they look? <laughs> they're they great shoes. We just got them yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how fast. I don't know if they're effect. They, you know, yeah. They're I'm a little faster in them. You're I think. Go with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
There you go. Matt Coronado made his NHL debut last year, looking to use this camp as a good springboard into uh, what's going to be an important summer for him. Obviously, going to the Wranglers is an option for him. He'll be well looked after there by whoever's uh, coaching that group, but also being close to Calgary and what the Flames are doing. Could he push for an NHL role this season? I think that's still to be determined and something that will have to be discussed more at length when we know what this roster looks like. Is a Hannafin here? Is a Lindholm here? What kind of pieces come back if they're at the NHL level? Um, I don't think there's any any need to rush Matt Coronado up. If he looked, was it, did he look good in, in limited viewing? Sure, absolutely. But pro hockey is a is a much different beast. You don't have to tell Matt Coronado that. Uh, I think he learned that in a couple of weeks with the Calgary Flames last year, getting into that game at the end of the season. Um, he'll be one to watch and one that I think will be debated about a lot uh, when it comes to whether he's up with the team or starting the year with the uh, the Wranglers, the American Hockey League level. Uh, very interesting to hear from a couple of uh, new Flames draft picks. No uh, no time to rest for the next two young men. We'll hear from uh, Etienne Moran and Sam Honzig. First uh, picks for the Calgary Flames in round two, and of course round one for Honzig. Uh, just drafted last week and now already uh, becoming members of the Calgary Flames and learning about what it's like to be a Calgary Flame at development camp. We'll start with you, Tim Moran, uh, the puck-moving defenseman, selected 40th overall by the Calgary Flames. Uh, he spoke to the media at Winsport following his first on-ice session at development camp. What's it like to, to be here now? Uh, it's it's a pro camp, so you see it's different. Same thing for his speed a little bit. You see it's they're professional now. It's their job, so uh, everybody wants to make the team, and it's great to just be out there. For you, it's your first trip here. What are you looking to accomplish? Is it just familiarity with the organization? Yeah, just uh, just to show that I'm a hardworking guy. That's all I want to do, and um, that I can improve within a small uh, bit of time. So uh, those are the two main things I want to prove. I think it's been literally a week to the day you were drafted. What's the week been like? Uh, it's been crazy. Just going back home, getting a bit of off time, just seeing my friends again. It's been crazy, and um, it's it's like I have a new path. I know what I want in life now, and I just want to work until I get it. You mentioned that being different. Are there things where you're like, okay, wow, like eyes wide, this is different? Uh, obviously, my curve is a lot different. You'll see I, I play with a straight blade. So, uh, guys back in Moncton chirps me about it. I always <laughs> said that they're not sure if I'm a lefty or a righty. So uh, it's it's super straight and it's unique. Just the, the way how I think. I I don't have a pregame routine. I don't have a pregame meal. And if you ask every other guy in the room, I'm pretty sure they have one. So. Uh, just coming in with an open mind and I adapt to situations. Is there a reason why there's no pregame routine and also the, the straight skate? Well, it's not skate, but the stick point? I have no clue, to be honest. I, just, I feel like it just adapted through junior because I don't remember a midget, to be honest, a lot, but uh, it just became since this season, I can say. And no pregame meals, so you just eat whatever's there. Exactly, I'm with my billets, so if they cook me passes, I'm there, for, uh, I'm going to eat pasta and uh, whatever whatever it takes, uh, I'm going to eat it. There are a lot, like a few Quebecois players here, like Jonathan mm -hmm. and Jacob, have you heard from many of them so far? In your yeah, obviously Jeremy's from my place, so I, I spoke with him a lot, and um, I met the other two QMJHL guys at the, the uh, airport, and uh, same thing for Kolakins, he, he's from mm -hmm. Quebec too, so uh, I met those guys, we traveled in, and uh, got to know them, and yeah, it's obviously nice to come here and know a couple of the guys. It's in Moran, uh, 40th overall pick in the second round by the Calgary Flames, uh, coming into his first development camp. Uh, smooth skating defenseman, really great offensive instincts, 
Uh, Flames seemed like they were pretty happy to get him where they did in the draft. Uh, sounds like by most of the, you know, talk to Jason Pukula, some of those other guys covering the draft for the Flames could have been a guy that had easily been graded out to a first round grade, but a deep draft lets the Flames uh, pick up a very intriguing prospect in their defensive side of things uh, at 40th overall. One more to hear from, and that's uh, the man of the hour from uh, last week in Nashville. First round pick Samuel Honzik, Vancouver Giants forward. Expected to be the team's captain if he goes back to Vancouver next season. Uh, as you can imagine, he was a popular face at development camp his first day in Flames colors. Lots to get to with the uh, newest top prospect for the Calgary Flames and Samuel Honzik uh, at development camp on Thursday. What's the uh, last week or eight days of your life been like? Honestly, it's been crazy. You know, a lot of flying. You know, I have to drive. I went back to Vancouver for two days, three days, and then come back here. And, you know, it's crazy. A lot of stuff is happening. So, uh, I mean, good stuff happening. So, uh, you know, it's crazy, but I think it's just settled down to real, like slowly. Did you get out of Nashville okay? I know there were a lot of flight yeah. issues. Yeah, <laughs> luckily, luckily, yeah, yeah. Can you take me back to that moment eight days ago when you hear the Calgary Flames call your name and you get to go up to the main stage and do all that and then get taken through the whole draft process? Like, honestly, it was finally, you know, uh, like stone fell off from my heart. You know, finally my name got called and, you know, it's an incredible feel and uh, I was excited, uh, you know, 16th spot and especially Calgary, you know, Canadian team. So uh, I'm glad I stayed in Canada and, you know, uh, new challenges and I'm really excited to work and be a part of Flames. You mentioned, what's that weight like when you're sitting in the stands? Uh, it's it's really really interesting and nervous. You know, you never know like when your name get dropped, and uh, you know it's exciting, but it's also nervous. What's it like being here, getting on the ice for development camp, your first sort of official ice time? As a uh, it's it's been really hard, I would say, from the beginning. You know, uh, first ice are always hard. So, but I think we have a really good group of guys. You know, our coaches are awesome, and you know we have hard practice, and you know I think it's gonna be just better what's been their message to you from the moment they drafted you even coming into this camp what do they want to see out of you uh they want to see you know how uh, the why they draft me you know i want to prove myself i deserve the 16th spot and you know uh and i don't i want to show my qualities and you know prove it in every single practice and either either off ice and on and on ice in those qualities what do you what do you think you do best out there what made you the first round pick for the Calgary Flames? Uh, I think uh, my hockey sense, my protecting the puck, uh, my scanning is really good, but still, uh, I want to develop it for on one more level, and I think uh, you know my shot is really good, so I think if we can build on it, and you know they will help me, and I'll do everything in my power that I can uh, fill the expectation. Samuel, you're looked at as sort of a leader. Your your teammates and coaches say that about you, like. What makes you sort of a leader? Why do you why do you think you're saying that you've got these kind of captain type qualities for your juniors? Uh, I think uh, and the way that I'm, I am uh, in junior, I got lower my injury, so it kind of like uh, stuck with me, and you know uh, mm-hmm. now I could tell like I kind of see myself as a uh, you know leader by example, and you know mm-hmm. uh, you know I'll put team in the first place, and then myself on the second place, and you know I'll do everything uh, just to make sure that we win and help my teammates. Did you know the the captain part before it came out of the draft? Did you know the Giants were thinking about giving you the C next year? Uh, yeah, 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 I already did, yeah. yeah fair enough. <laughs> how, uh, how have you found the spotlight that comes with being a first round pick? You know, there's lots of 
tension, you know, lots of stuff like this. How have you found that part of it? Uh, I think obviously a lot of lots of pressure and attention, but uh, for me it's still stay focused, stay humble, you know, and do the right things, and you know don't uh, don't go off my road on which I am right now, and you know just stay focused, do the right things, uh, listen, and especially in here in development camp, take as much as I can and get the new things, get new information, and you know uh, leave from here as a you know uh, leave from here as a new player and the player who can help even more and you know I want to come on a main camp and on a rookie camp as a you know a really prepared player. Have you uh, been spotted by any Flames fans around the city yet? Uh, not yet we don't have much time so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can we talk about just the fact that you and your fellow teammate with the Giants uh, Jaden were also part of this team I mean you get to share that experience it's great for one person but to do it for the same club that, that's got to be a thrill can you take me through those moments? Uh, I think it's really, really uh, exciting, you know, uh, see my teammate get drafted in the same team. It's something, you know, which doesn't happen a lot, but I'm really glad. Jaden, we are good friends and, you know, uh, good to see him he uh, here and, you know, I'm really happy for him and, you know, just can't wait to play against him on a, some scrimmage or whatever is waiting for us. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Is there a little bit of chirping? Because I know you guys are in opposite clubs here uh, for the development camp, but I mean some, some lighthearted fun as well. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be maybe some trip, but we'll see on the ice. In your opinion, who's the greatest Slovakian player of all time? Uh, I would say mm, Mayan Hosa for me. Uh, it was kind of the Slovakian player who I looked up to when I was younger, and, you know, uh, yeah, I had the, like, the honor to be with him when he won the Stanley Cup, brought up his home, so I had a big, I have a picture. So, really, yeah. oh, you were at the parade with? Uh, yeah, I, I honestly have three pictures of Stanley Cup in my hometown. So, who are the others? Uh, Tomas Kopetsky and Zdeno Chara. It's gotta be amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> legends. Yeah. yeah. What was the biggest thing for you adjusting to North America? Whether it was the food or the TV or the language, like what was the biggest? Uh, Honestly, from the lifestyle, it wasn't anything. Uh, you know, uh, I used to I love the food here. You know, uh, in Vancouver, I had really good people around me, and uh, you know, language wasn't a problem. I kind of knew English before I came and just got better shape uh, during the season. And I would say a little just I did on the ice. You know, a little bit details and you know, focus what the coach told me. And uh, outside of hockey, I didn't have any problems to used to. How did you learn English over here, or in Slovakia? How did uh, yeah. you learn it? Uh, in school, and my okay. mom paid for it there, so uh, big thanks going for her to her because yeah. you know uh, if I didn't go to the tutors, then I wouldn't be standing here with no English <laughs> yeah. or some translator. Were those moments with the, with the cup with those three those three players? Were those inspirational for you? Oh yeah, yeah. It was good. You know, uh, something some dream you know the dream was a little close and you know uh, it wasn't just me standing next to them people taking picture with me but uh, I think it's gonna happen really soon you just need to go for it. Is That's there a dream. part of Jaden's game that you feel people in the Flames fans like they're, they're gonna always focus on you right but Jaden being another pick what part of his game should Flames fans get excited about? I think his skill set is really, really high, and I think he's a really skilled player. He's a big guy. He can, he can protect his puck, and with his hands, it can be really dangerous, you know. And he's really smart, and I think uh, that's those three things can fans focus. And I think uh, his development is really quick. He knows uh, he's a really hardworking guy, so he'll put a lot of work to get better. Just curious, how much did you know of the Flames organization before last Wednesday? Uh, honestly. 
just few just you know when Matthew Kachuk was here and you know when I came here and I started watch more NHL games then kind of like you know so a couple of uh, Calgary games and you know and I played here with with Giants when we play Calgary Hitman so I kind of so I saw the rink and you know nah, that's probably all. One of the things Craig Conroy said this was well before the draft but they want more young players injected into the into the Calgary Flames lineup. Now, I don't know necessarily what your timeline is going to be, but when you hear that there's going to be opportunity for young players, what does that say to you? Uh, honestly, it's a big word for me, and, you know, uh, it's kind of, if I really work hard and, then, you know, uh, I can beat every guy in the locker room, then, you know, uh, at least I can try, uh, you know, take the spot to the, some pro guy, but, you know, it's all about the work and process. What is the development path for you? What are the Calgary Flames trying to instill in you to maybe to improve? Uh, I think it's, you know, common things, you know, as many guys. Uh, and uh, I would say, you know, just, you know, skating a little bit, you know, adjust myself to NHL games, you know, it's going to be uh, more physical. You know, I have to be more aware uh, as a, like, if I will play wing, I need to be more aware on, on the wall. And, you know, don't just don't kill. So uh, I think uh, on the Delphi can we focus on these details and uh, which going to help us if we listen and take everything to the heart and it's going to help us a lot and even if we if some guys play university junior it doesn't matter it will help us a lot there you go that's Samuel Honzik 16th overall pick by the Calgary Flames in last week's draft in Nashville our check-in on Flames development camp here from Sam Honzik it's in Moran Matt Coronado first day of on-ice sessions uh completing here on Thursday we'll be back on the ice on Friday a little bit more work to do on Saturday including instead of a, a full team scrimmage like they usually have, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a three-on-three -three tournament for the guys, change things up uh, at this year's development camp. Again, all of these going down at Winsport. Full roster and schedule available at calgaryflames.com. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side. We're going to chat some CFL football. We're going to Stamps report with Patty Dumas, some big roster changes for the Stamps ahead of their matchup against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tomorrow. We've also got... Thursday night football with the Elks and the Rough Riders from Saskatchewan. And we'll check in on Grey Cup planning in Hamilton. Uh, what's going on with the Grey Cup hosts this year? And uh, Taylor's got your Jays report getting you set for a doubleheader of Blue Jays action. All of that as Sportsnet Today continues here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, we are into our two final segment of the program coming your way. Logan Gordon along with you. Sportsnet today from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Lots of CFL chat coming your way this half hour. We'll uh, dive into tonight's matchup on Thursday Night Football. Elks and the Riders. We got our stamps report from Patty Dumas. Stampeders, Blue Bombers go from Winnipeg tomorrow. Reggie Bagleton back in the Stamps lineup. Recently re-signed Mark and Michelle going to start for the Stamps. Should be a great matchup. Uh, CFL season rolling on. And, uh, of course, the culmination of every CFL season is the Grey Cup. And this year's Grey Cup, 2023, the Grey Cup Festival. Sunday, November 19th, the game at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. The anticipation already building up. Uh, for one of Canada's greatest uh, sports spectacles. We still got a little while before we know what two teams are going to be in there, but it's one of the best sporting events uh, to head out to, and I know fans from across the country check out every single year, uh, no matter where the Grey Cup is this year. Lucky enough to be in a great host city like Hamilton and to uh, 
join us to chat about uh, some of the upcoming Grey Cup plans. Very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcoming Jerry Fonzo, VP of Stadium and Events Operations for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Jerry, thanks for doing this today, sir. How are you? No problem. Thanks, Logan. Appreciate you for having me on the call today. Uh, tell us about uh, the, the plans coming up for you guys. I know it's been uh, a while for uh, this Grey Cup in particular to get out of the, the COVID cycle we've been in the last couple of years and getting back to Hamilton here. What's the excitement level for you guys to have uh, the Grey Cup back in town in November? Oh, uh, we're, we're totally relieved. Like, if you go back to 2021 when uh, you kind of said it, but from a COVID standpoint, we had a lot of restrictions on what the last Grey Cup was here in Hamilton. So it was more so the game, less the festival. And uh, there was a few things we weren't able to do where this time around we're trying to make sure we kind of uncuff ourselves and uh, how do we kind of enhance the stadium to be a better experience for our fans. Uh, so give us what you what you can. What are the, the plans that you guys got in motion to uh, – it's always a spectacle. It's one of the great ones I mentioned on the Canadian sport calendar. And Looking forward to this November. What, uh, what are some of the things you guys got coming down the pipeline that uh, fans can get excited about in Hamilton? Yeah, for sure. So – from a stadium perspective, we've, uh, you know, kind of like what I said, like the, the biggest thing for us, is we have an obligation to the fans, our fans, our city to enhance the game and uh, enhance the great cup more than so what we normally do at Tim Hortons Field. So uh, we're doing a few different things in the south end. We're kind of elevating our fans, kind of calling it our social 2.0, uh, where fans will have a great vista of the field and scoreboard. Uh, we've listened to our, uh, our community, our corporate community. We've added additional suites in that end as well. So we'll have 12 suites along the one end zone. And then in the north end, we talk about that we need to increase our capacity of the facility as well. So we talk about um, adding in additional temporary seats on either side of our video board behind where all the entertainment will be in the north end. So from a game perspective, the idea here is to you know highlight and enhance everything we did back in 2021 to make it even a better game. Um, and then you talk about it, but when it comes to the festival itself, we weren't able to run a festival in 21. So mm -hmm. this time around, we've kind of been able to go back to that and say, what were some of the great plans we had in place? How can we showcase, you know, the best of Hamilton? How can we make sure that fans that come down here, we have an amazing street festival, um, have some great entertainment. And what are the kind of cool things that we can bring in that, you know, it's a new experience for fans. When they fly in here, um, you talk about the game itself is on November 19th. But the festival is a long, right? You have to come in for four days, five days. So in our side of things, we actually have things that start as early as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in that week. Um, and we recognize Thursday is kind of when it starts to get on the real high. That's when you get a lot of fans that are traveling in. Um, and our goal is every single day having amazing things. Now, at this point in time, we went on sale last week with the, uh, the general public on sale. So that's the biggest thing I'd say for now for fans it's, Get your tickets for the Grey Cup. You can visit Ticketmaster.ca to get your tickets. Uh, from a festival standpoint, we're going to be unleashing all those plans in uh, early to mid-August. So at that time, that's when we're going to be out there in the market kind of telling everybody what's going on each day throughout that entire week. And uh, one of the big things about hosting a Grey Cup, as you mentioned there, it's not just for the people of Hamilton. It's going to be for all the fan bases from around uh, the CFL that come to Grey Cup. It's one of the the coolest things in the Grey Cups that I've been to, Jerry, it's I love the fact that there's Stamps House for Stampeders fans. There's going to be a spot exactly. for Elks fans to go and hang out, but we're all doing it in the same city of Hamilton. i got to imagine that's a, a big part for you guys, too, is bringing together all these fans from across the country. Exactly. So a huge part of that is uh, working closely with our, our CFL team, their cheerleading team, uh, making sure that we're bringing everything 
everything into the city. So no matter what fan you are within the CFL, you're going to show up. You'll have your team throwing a party. You'll see all the other team parties. And it's a different atmosphere when you show up during the Great Cup because it doesn't matter what jersey you're wearing or whose team party you walk in. It's all a festival. It's all a party for everybody, and everyone's welcome. Uh, Jerry, what's the best place for people looking for more information, whether for tickets or for uh, when you guys unleash all the Grey Cup Festival stuff? Where can fans go to find that information? Perfect. So right now, any information is on TyCats.ca. Um, in the coming weeks, when we launch the actual festival and everything, that's when everything will be up on our uh, on our festival website. For now, but for now, you can find all our information on TyCats.ca. And then when it comes for tickets themselves, you can visit Ticketmaster.ca. Uh, to secure your ticket now for the Grey Cup. Perfect, Jerry. Really looking forward to it. Sounds like you guys uh, have had a long wait to get this thing going. I know the game was there, but like you mentioned, uh, a chance to do it upright. Hamilton's one of the best stops in the CFL. Really looking forward to what you guys have coming for us in August, and uh, we'll check in again maybe a little bit closer to Grey Cup and talk about some of those plans, hey? Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Logan. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate your time. Take care, pal. All right, thank you. Thank you. Jerry Fonzo joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest hotline, he's the VP of Stadium and Event Operations for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They are your host city for the Grey Cup this year, going down November 19th, 2023 at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Tickets available now at Ticketmaster.ca. And uh, look, I mentioned with Jerry there, it was tough for Hamilton. Last time out, COVID restrictions. Able to get the game off, but not nearly in the same capacity that we do. Grey Cup is, you know... As someone that's been to to multiple Grey Cups, I've been to Toronto, I've been to Vancouver, uh, you know, obviously the ones here in Calgary, even up in Edmonton. Uh, it really is a fun celebration of the CFL and getting to see everybody hang out at the different uh, houses for everybody's team and hang out. And I uh, felt for the fans in in Hamilton; they're still waiting to break that Grey Cup curse. But you can't even host a Grey Cup uh, in its entire capacity because of everything that happened with COVID uh, during their last hosting session. So. Looking forward to that. And again, uh, greatcupfestival.ca. You can head to that website coming up early August, Jerry said. They'll have all the details about events and all the different things going on there. But it certainly sounds like they got a great plan coming up. You can check out the seating map as well at ticats.ca and uh, see uh, better visualizations. Hard over radio to kind of see exactly what he's talking about with the stadium and how they're going to make things easier for fans getting in and out and uh, seating, but they've got a good seating chart up at TyCats.ca uh, under their Grey Cup Festival banner. So go and check that out uh, if you're interested in ticket prices, making a, a, a you know jaunt out to Hamilton in November for the Grey Cup. Uh, highly recommend you get your tickets soon as you can uh, and then start making your plans once uh, the festival and uh, everyone in Hamilton starts uh, making those out in August. Uh, continuing the CFL conversation, let's check in uh, on the Calgary Stampeders. Their final day at McMahon Stadium before traveling off to Winnipeg. They've got a big game against the Blue Bombers tomorrow, and they've got some receiver help for George, uh, for Jake Mayer at quarterback. Uh, for the latest on the Stampeders, it's time for your Stamps Report with Patty Dumas. This, this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas. Stamps are headed to Winnipeg as they get ready for their Week 5 tilt with the Blue Bombers. Calgary enters Friday's game with them being off for two weeks. This will be their first game since falling in double overtime to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders back on June 24th. Injuries certainly have been the talking point for the club since coming out of the bye week, with nine players showing up on the injury report to start the week. The good news, however, is that they should have most of them available to them in the Manitoba capital. 
Mark and Michelle, who's back after spending the past four seasons in the NFL, has been taking first-team reps at receiver alongside a couple of first years in Big Rice and John and third-round pick Clark Barnes. Reggie Bagleton was activated off the six-game injured list, and for Reggie, the ball is pretty much in his court. Here's Coach Dickinson expanding on Bagleton's status. Got to talk to doctors, and Reggie has to feel comfortable with when he talks to the doctor uh, that we're not doing, we're not putting him in a situation that he's not comfortable with. So I'll let him expand on that, but I'm not asking him to be superhuman because if it's, it's not a go, it's not a go. Bagleton was listed as questionable in Wednesday's injury report, but he will be good to go on Friday, as will Mark and Michelle and two players they brought back after their cut in camp in receiver Floyd Allen and running back Levante Bellamy, who will be in for the injured Peyton Logan. The man that will try and orchestrate this new look offense will be Jake Mayer. Of course, Mayer made the start last year in Winnipeg for an injured Bo Levi Mitchell, and he spoke to the media at practice on Wednesday. Jake, we've seen these Stampeders have some, I want to say, classic games in Winnipeg and just sort of fall short. How much would a, would a win in Winnipeg mean for this Yeah, game? it would mean a lot. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It would mean a lot. Um, that's a, it's a hell of a place to play a football game. Um, and, uh, you know, it can give us some good momentum and, uh, you know, be good for our team who, you know, have gone through some things early in the year. Injuries, whatever it may be, um, that'd be off for us. Really yeah, it, no, it's fun. It's fun because they challenge you. They, they really, uh, they really sharpen your focus. You know, because they're so they're so talented and it's so loud and it's such a such a crazy environment that it, it does naturally kind of sharpen you up. Um, because you have to be sharp mentally uh, to play against those guys and, and play at a high level. So um, I'm looking, I am always look forward to that challenge. Early on, what have you seen out of Mark and early on his first couple of practices here? Yeah, that's awesome that he's back. Um, you know, obviously, I heard a lot of good things about him before he showed up, um, and he's he's probably even better than, than what I was told. Um, uh, he's flying around. He's picking up the, the, the offense quick. He's just a true pro, you know, and um, we can really use that around here, and it's good to have him. Their defense, and I'm thinking specifically about Big Hill and uh, Willie Jefferson. Like mm-hmm. they've had guys who've just been at the top of this league for mm-hmm. a long time at this point. What what do they do that's just so hard for an offense to, to deal with? I mean, they're just. Uh, I mean, they're good at two different things, right? Like one guy, you know, wrecks the game on the line of scrimmage, and the other guy just does a little bit of everything. He plays high. He plays low. He plays in the box. He covers guys. Um, you know, truly, those guys are really probably the standard uh, for their respective position groups. Uh, you know, for this for this, you know, generation of CFL, I'd, I'd say, you know, or up there. Um, so, uh, yeah, tons of respect for them, I, I always do. And um, it's good that I, I, I get, a, or we get a chance at least to get another shot at them. Have you, have you gotten some Zach Caleros off the field at all or during the offseason or anything? Honestly, no. Um, just, I just know him as uh, the guy that I always play really competitive football games against. Uh, I have a ton of respect for Zach, though, obviously multiple-time MOP, multiple-time champion. Again, just another guy. Um, in my mind, that uh, you know, really has become the standard of, of playing quarterback in this league. Um, so, um, you know, I've talked to Zach a little bit, you know, after games, but uh, nothing more than just hey, good luck, congratulations. Um, but uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be a guy that uh, you know, hopefully down the road, maybe pick his brain a little bit more, just because uh, you know, you have a lot of respect for guys that play that well. Um, Yesterday, Dave mentioned not falling behind to a team like Winnipeg. How mm-hmm. conscious are you of that trying to get off to a, a good start in that building, especially with that? Yeah, I mean, Dave's right. Um, I would also argue that's that's kind of every week too, right? Like you never want to fall behind. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're uh, you know they play in an environment that can create a lot of momentum for them, um, and 
you know, once they get rolling, uh, you know, that, that continues to grow and grow and, and you can feel the confidence on the other side when things are going well for them. So, yeah, I mean, we want to come out better, uh, myself included. I just, I got to play better in the first half and um, start the game off better. So that's been an emphasis for sure. You heard from Mayor, a win at IG Field would do wonders for this group. Calgary has not won in Winnipeg since July 7th, 2017. So Friday's game will be six years to the day of when the Stampeders last won in the peg. Game time is 6.30 on Friday. With your Stampeders report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. Yes, the Stamps and the Blue Bombers. Friday night football, 6.30 kickoff. Mark and Michelle makes his return to the Calgary Stampeders. Reggie Begleton off of the six-game injured list early. Good news for the Stamps. Still going to be an uphill battle against a very good 3-1 and Winnipeg Blue Bombers team. We'll check in with Patty on Friday for our final preview of the Stamps and the Blue Bombers. CFL Week kicks off tonight, Thursday night football from Saskatchewan. It's the winless Edmonton Elks versus the 2-1 and Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Taylor Cornelius gets the start at quarterback for Edmonton. Um, because let's be honest, he's been equally bad as any quarterback in Edmonton's been this year. So might as well try somebody with some more CFL experience. We'll see if the Elks uh, can finally pick up a win this season uh, away from home. And then we'll worry about that long losing streak uh, at Commonwealth uh, at a later time. They got to figure out uh, picking up a win this uh, season. First of all, West division uh, still tough, obviously with BC, 3 and 1 Winnipeg 3 and 1 the Riders can move to 3 and 1 with a victory Edmonton does not want to fall too far behind I know it's it seems silly to talk about playoffs this early but, but this team gets down to 0 and 5 0 and 6 uh, you're talking about not even going to be able to chase anything down in the east uh it's been a brutal start for the Elks this year we'll see what they can do against the West Division opponent in Saskatchewan tonight uh, the rest of the CFL week looks like this. Ottawa is in Hamilton to take on the Ticats Saturday at 5 o'clock. Jeremiah Masoli finally gets to make his return to Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton uh, after being injured last week, last year and not being able to uh, go back to the place where he was a starting quarterback for so long. Now healthy and getting the opportunity to do so on Saturday. And the weekend's off in, Mon- in BC, excuse me. The Alouettes traveling across the country to take on the BC Lions. Montreal 2-1, BC 3-1. Cody Fajardo, the new starting quarterback of the Owls, taking on former Alouettes quarterback Vernon Adams Jr., looking to uh, improve after what was an abysmal finish to his week uh, last week, throwing for six interceptions. He'll look to bounce back and move the Lions to 4-1. That's the CFL story, like I mentioned. More on a Friday edition uh, as we get set for the Bombers and the Calgary Stampeders. But before we get out of here, i uh, got to get you ready for Jays baseball. It's a doubleheader of action on this Thursday after the Jays were rained out on Wednesday. With the latest on the Jays, here's your Jays report with Taylor Dingman. Time now for the Jays report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. The Jays and White Sox were rained out last night and will play a doubleheader this afternoon. Jose Barrios will start game one today for the Blue Jays, and he holds a 13-6 win record against the Chicago White Sox in his career. Chicago will be sending out right-hander Lance Lynn, who has given up 29 earned runs in 11 outings against the Blue Jays. Yusei Kikuchi will head to the mound for Game 2, and in four appearances against the White Sox, Yusei Kikuchi has a 2-1 win record with 19 strikeouts. The White Sox have yet to name a starter for this game. The Blue Jays have called up Jay Jackson as their 27th man for this doubleheader. 
That's your Jays report for this Thursday. First pitch of game one will go at 3.10 p.m. And game two will start 30 minutes after game one is complete. We will join game one in progress and have the full game two right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Boom. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. Before we get out of here, some NHL news to pass your way on this Thursday. Anze Kopitar and the LA Kings coming to terms on a two-year contract extension for their captain. He was eligible to become a UFA next season, uh, but he's going to return to the Kings for at least two more years, two years at $7 million per season uh, for one of the greatest Kings of all time. Their captain uh, going to form a pretty formidable duo uh, down the middle now with Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, in Winnipeg. Their center ice depth looks dangerous in LA. Kopitar, Dubois, Philippe Deneau, uh, Quinton Byfield still in the mix there. Uh, this LA Kings team looking to take that next step from uh, just appearing in the playoffs to hopefully becoming a contender. I think Kopitar would like to, uh, at 35, the guy's still a beast. Uh, and, and teaming up with Dubois now going to give them some scary depth in LA. And uh, earlier today, the Detroit Red Wings placed Philip Zadina on waivers once again. Uh, this time for the purpose of a buyout, uh, or excuse me, not a buyout, correct myself there, uh, they're going to terminate his contract. That's uh, the difference in this one. Uh, Zadina agreeing to terms with that on the wing, so he's losing close to $5 million. He's just going to walk away from that money uh, for a fresh opportunity in the NHL. He went unclaimed on waivers just a few days ago. Uh, all 32 teams, 31 NHL teams, had an opportunity to claim him on waivers for nothing. Uh, but he did have two years left on the contract, paying him about $1.875 million. Nobody took that chance, so now the Red Wings and Zadina are going to part ways. He'll become a free agent and uh, be able to sign with any NHL team. Um, Chris Johnston uh, has reported a little earlier today. Doesn't sound like he'll be a free agent for long. Uh, he'll have plenty of options uh, following his contract termination with the Red Wings uh, to find his next NHL home. Is it with Calgary? I have no idea. Um, that's one I've kind of been pounding the drum for a young NHLer looking for a new opportunity, young guy, former high draft pick. Seems like a guy the flames could take a shot on, but who knows? Uh, sounds like there'll be plenty of suitors for Philip Zadina once his time in Detroit officially comes to an end. That's going to do it for our show on this Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, whether live or on the podcast, really appreciate it. Uh, my outstanding producers today have been Cam Taylor, Callum and Ben. Thanks all four of them. For their hard work today, we had Gianna Hahn on in Hour 1, chatting all things Philadelphia Flyers as our off-season review uh, continues around the NHL. We also chatted uh, with, we heard from a couple members of the Calgary Flames, including Matt Coronado and Samuel Honzik at development camp on Thursday. Chatted uh, some Stamps and Blue Jays as well in this final segment. You can find those wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'll be back tomorrow on the first official day of Stampede. It's parade day tomorrow. If you're going down to the parade, get there early. Have a blast. Kicking off a great 10-day party in our city. We'll be back. Same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.